What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. T is in the building with what me. What up? I'm going to break down the Cubs, go into that. They had their home opener today against the Pirates. Took a L. We're going to chat about that, the state of the Cubs, early. This past weekend, Evan Turner Showcase, put on by Daniel Poneman and co. Unbelievable event in general. We were up there this weekend, me and T, me and T went to go check it out. We're going to break down what we thought of it, what happened up there. We're going to go into details on how it how many kids it affected, just how great of an event it is overall. Then we're going to wrap it up, talk bulls. Fred Hoiberg was on Cap and Co. today. He had an interesting interview. We're going to talk about that. Just goes through the season, the rookies, marketing, Levine, Dunn. Gives us some details there, kind of gives us a peek inside his head. Wrap it up with some NBA talk. There's a play-in game for the playoffs tomorrow, and the playoffs are live next week. Listen up. The Chicago Cubs are back in Chicago, Illinois. The last team actually to get started or have their home opener this regular season. Started 5-4, and four, had a little bit of a rocky stretch early. People were starting to panic. If you listen to me and Colin Juice Man's episode last week, we talked about them coming out a little slow, the bat struggling, back-to-back shutouts, you Darvish. Lester were struggling, and we go to my we go to Milwaukee, turn that around, and then we come home for the home opener five four. Darvish has a good outing, six innings pitched. Lester blanks him in Milwaukee, so they bounce back. Eight zero was one of the games in Milwaukee, so the bats were there. So all the stuff that we were panicking about turned around in a in some way, shape, or form coming into the the home opener today. The reason it was today, Tuesday instead of Monday night or Monday during the day is because of snow. All these Sox fans are in my inbox. I have this one Sox fan at work. Shout out Dan. He's a a lifer Sox guy. And as soon as the game was canceled, he was all in my ear about how we're soft, we're this, we're that. Of course, because the White Sox were still playing. Now, I got a couple things on that. Before we get into this game breakdown, let's talk about a couple of, a couple of these things about why the game was canceled. First off, no one shows up to Sox games. So you guys don't have to worry about fans showing up, getting there, first of all. It's crowded down by Wrigley. It's a lot of logistical things, you know what I'm saying, that have to be determined for us. to. We got to get 40,000 plus in there. Y'all got to get, from a report that we saw yesterday, less than 1,000 showed up to the game Tuesday afternoon. We got logistics to worry about, man. Our boys don't want to come down in the snow, you know what I mean? As I mentioned previously, Cubs hope opener. The last team to kick it off at home was the Chicago Cubs. We were getting a new field. We were finishing up some, you know, some things around the stadium. And if you haven't been over by the the stadium yet as of last year, a lot of new constructions finished, a lot of new stuff has opened up. One of my favorite Mexican restaurants is down that way. 
and I was down there recently, and it just looks completely different than it did two years ago. Even last year, it wasn't finished. It was coming, but it wasn't locked in. It wasn't done. So go check that out if you haven't already. A lot different. I will say this. I've said this multiple times before. I'm really glad the boys won the World Series prior to all this stuff getting built. It it, it doesn't have that neighborhood feel anymore. Once you get to to the to the corner by the entrance off Clark, it just doesn't it, it doesn't have that homey that homey I hopped off the Addison stop feel anymore. It's it's a lot more commercial bullshit. There's hotels. There's a lot of establishments that are not neighborhood establishments. It's it's a little different area, but it is what it is, man. Ricky's got to make that paper, so I understand. Tyler Chatwood, the game was Tyler Chatwood versus Ivan Nova. Let's talk Pirates for a second because this is the best start they've had in a minute. Coming in, seven wins. They're playing ball. I was interested to see how they were going to come out against the Cubs. To kick the game off, Sister Jean, of course, and the Loyola Hooper, Ben Richardson, the guard, um, was throwing out the first pitch. Shout out Ben Richardson and the gang. I actually saw them out on the town on Saturday night. They looked like they were having a good time, enjoying you know their Final Four clout. They had a uh, they had a group of joints with them that were decent looking. So salute to that. So I'm glad they're enjoying that, and uh, they got to throw out the first pitch, which is dope. Or Ben did anyway. Um, with Sister Jean, that's always cool. I feel like everyone wants to throw out the first pitch at some time in their life. I think that's a, a, a dope thing to do. Obviously, not everyone gets to do it, but it was cool to see those guys and Sister Jean out. Another reason why the game was probably called off on Monday for the snow was because Sister Jean probably made that call and was like, yo, my wheelchair does not rock with the snow. I'm 115 years old. I'm not coming out in the cold. The reason anybody's coming to the game anyway is because I'm throwing out the first pitch. So y'all go ahead and move that shit back, and I'll show up on Tuesday when it's supposed to be a little warmer, like 40 and sunny. I'm not getting up Monday and putting on my strap-ups and my beanie and coming out in the snow. It's not happening. Sorry. Move that shit. And that's what happened. God's way, God's plan. We're going to play Tuesday. (laughs) But to get into the game, Tyler Chatwood, the first thing that I took away from the game was that he was leaving the ball up. Control wasn't there. In his first start, he had six walks the last time he started. He only had one walk today, but gave up five earned. If you're leaving the ball up in the major leagues with little movement at 93, 94, 95, you have a major, major issue. And that's exactly what Tyler was doing yesterday. He was leaving the ball up 95, 96. And it was getting tagged around all over the field. They were spraying it everywhere. They were going oppo. They were putting it in the gap. Marte hit an absolute bomb 
That was a 91-mile-an-hour fastball straight down the middle for his first home run of the season. Right down the cuff. So that was the first thing that I that, – that was the first takeaway that I had watching the game. You can't leave the ball up. That's what he was doing. And the control is something that he's going to have to work on coming off of six walks in one start and then five earned in the next. Montgomery comes in. He gets tagged up a little bit. Cervelli hits a three-run homer. I mean, they were locked in. One of the bright spots of the game was Javi Baez. He hit. A moonshot on the first one. Almost hits the scoreboard. Actually may have hit the scoreboard. It was a bomb. Then hit a home run later in the game when the game was a little out of reach. Coming off of, it was it was 8-2 to two at the time. 8-3 to three maybe. And they just picked up a couple runs. That was when Marte, or that was when uh, Cervelli hit the three-run homer. He comes back, gets a run back. Hits another home run. I will say this. If I'm writing up a scouting report, I know Brewers, Pirates, and Cardinals fans probably aren't listening to the No Catch Up Chicago podcast, but I do not understand why you would throw Javi Baez a fastball ever. If I'm going up against Javi Baez, he sees nothing but off-speed pitches every day, every time in the count. I don't care what it is, especially early in the count. His second home run? Another fastball down the middle. His first home run, a fastball up in the zone. I would never, ever throw Javi Baez a fastball up in the zone. He's starting to put it together, and he will. I'm a huge fan of Javi. I'm hoping he he can end the – me and Juice talked about this earlier. If he could end the season batting 270, 285, that would be huge. That would be awesome. And I, I think he can get there, and he will get there if people keep throwing him fastballs. He has trouble with off speed stuff. He has trouble. He gets out on the front foot. He He's up there, and he likes to take cuts, as we know. So the biggest thing for me would be to throw him off-speed pitches to keep him off balance, but keep throwing fastballs to Javi. He's going to keep mashing them. Towards the end of the game, Cubs got a couple back in the eighth to make it 8-5, but the, the game was over after Chatwood and Montgomery kind of got tagged up. Let's go through the box score a little bit because this is some stuff I want to chat about as well. Chris Bryant continues to stay locked in. He's one for four. The, the, middle, of the, the middle of the lineup, the, one of the, another takeaway I want to talk about, the middle of the lineup missed Tony Rizzo today. He's out, 10-day DL with a back. But Chris Bryant was one for four. Then Zobrist was 0 for five. Contreras, three for four. Schwarber, two for four. So if you throw... The only gap in there is Zobrist. And if you had Tony Rizzo in that spot, in that slot, he maybe comes up with a hit, maybe not, but his presence there alone makes the lineup longer, makes the lineup stronger, gives it more depth. And he's the leader, man. That I mean, that goes without saying. He's the leader. He gets shit rocking at all times. So... We're going to miss Tony Rizzo, and hopefully uh, he takes his time, gets back healthy, and uh, he'll be back in the center of that lineup. Wilson Contreras, I love this guy. 
he just loves to play baseball. I love when he's behind the plate catching, throws his leg out, gets a little stretch in. You know what I'm saying? He's just comfortable out there. He does his thing, and you know he loves to play baseball. Three for four yesterday. It's always fun to see him to see him play. Two singles, a double. So I'm excited that, you know, he's our catcher, period, at the end of the day. That's uh, my next jersey. I'm currently rocking the, the Javi Baez. I try to go one jersey at a time. I don't like to get too crazy deep and have like a, a, a five jersey rotation for one team. So I'm rocking the Baez now, but I think a Contreras is uh is in my future. I got to support the Spanish side of me. You know what I mean? Another takeaway that I want to talk about is Ian Hat. Great spring, great first pitch of the season, has struggled since. I'm not going to go as far to say that he should be in Iowa. I've been hearing a lot of rumblings already that he needs to be sent down. He has no business in the major leagues, etc. I was talking to Juice yesterday. Juice flat out says he looks a little lost. I think one of the things is he needs to be, be pulled out of the, the leadoff slot ASAP. Yesterday, a couple games ago, get him out of the, the leadoff spot. There's a couple people you can throw in there. You could throw in Zobris. You could throw in Addy Russell. I think that additional pressure of being in the leadoff spot, especially now that he's struggling, is not helping his psyche, his confidence, and his game overall. He He's pressing. I hate to say the word pressing because everyone says that, but he just doesn't look confident. He looks a little lost, I would say, like Juice says. His at-bats aren't there. It's different when you're struggling and putting together great at-bats and, and you just seem to cannot, can't put a hit together. That's not the case here. He's lost. He's, not, he's just not getting it done. And I think him being in that leadoff slot is added pressure that he doesn't need. So we'll see what Madden does tonight. The Cubs, Wednesday at home, game two of this Pittsburgh series is at 720. Get Ian Happ out of the leadoff. I would love to see Zobrist, Addy Russell, not Javi Baez because he doesn't need that added pressure either. Leave him down where he's at. Let him play D. He's coming off two home runs. He's going to be feeling good. Leave him down where he's at. We'll see what happens tonight. Lester is going. He had a shutout against the Brewers last time he was on the mound. Cubs-Pirates game two, 720. T, what's poppin'? How are you? I'm what's good, good, man. How you doing? G, man, this is our, like, what? This is our third Tuesday in a row, G. It's starting to roll now. We, we yeah, lit right man, now. let's do it. Uh, quick, we miss you, man, but we, yeah, we're, we're going to recap <laughs> with you next week or something. Yo, shout out quick. It's his lady's birthday. Um, so, you know, he got to try to keep that shit locked in at the crib. Definitely. I'm sure he got some extravagant plans he did. I doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's uh he's not the romantic type, I wouldn't say. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? I don't wanna I don't wanna get too into it. But yeah, quick, man. Bring that ass, man. We 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 need we need the that commentary back, ASAP. What's going on with you, man? Not much, man. Back in uh the grind of work and stuff, waiting for the weekends. Uh pretty cool weekend. This last weekend we checked out. The Evan Turner Showcase, got to relax a little. How about you, man? 
Good man. Exactly. It's it's uh it's a work week, you know what I mean? It's uh we're trying to get to summertime so we can kick our feet up, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. So, this weekend it's gonna be hot this weekend, I heard. So Yeah, no, it's supposed to be decent Thursday. I'm trying to get I'm gonna try to sneak out of the office and go to the Cubs game. It's supposed to be like sixty eight. It's an afternoon game. I'm gonna try to sneak out for that. Catch some uh, cheap April tickets. Right. You could catch them for like, I don't know, I was reading like 30% cheaper. I mean, the day game either way, during the week, early in the season like it is now, you could usually catch it for pretty low. Yeah, hell yeah. But, uh, yo, let's dive into this Evan Turner Showcase. For those of you that don't know, Evan Turner Showcase was originally a Daniel Poneman event that he was putting on on a yearly basis. For nine years now. That's yeah. what my guy Eddie was telling me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was then taken over and got, you know, some more funding and some some. It, it's it's more of a funding thing. If I I don't know the details for sure, but I mean it gives it a a, a bigger name behind it. Evans a Chicago guy. You know what I'm saying? He's from he's from around here, so it's a good look for him. It it, it gives some more clout to the the actual academy, the the showcase as it is. So. I'm glad that, you know, Pontiac was able to get that on there. This is my first time. I didn't go last year. It it, it was it, it started it was dubbed the Evan Turner Showcase last year. This was year two of the Evan Turner Showcase. But like we just mentioned, Pontiac had been putting it on for a minute. What a what a dope event, bro. That was like the first thing I thought. Yeah, like when you talk about hoop dreams, that's hoop dreams right there. It, it's guys who like I, I think I was telling you and I was telling my guy Struck who was coaching um some of the guys there, that's like, if you're in a position like that, you're going for blood. You know what I mean? Like, it's one shot. You got the coaches literally on the sideline. Like, it's a movie, you know, watching. Uh, we went for the Juco day, so it's Juco kids trying to land, you know, D2, um, potentially low D1, NAIA scholarships. And you could see some kids wanted it, like, way more than others, and some kids were just there because their parents dragged them. Right. And that's 100% right. If you want to talk about hoop dreams, get your kicks, go into the gym, it's free, and show somebody that you can hoop. Yeah. Plain and simple, bro. Like, there's no, there's no other, there's, it's not cookie cutter. You're not, you don't have to go take any tests. You don't have to go talk to anybody, per se, and, you know, interview. Maybe after the fact, that might, that those type of things might come into play. Right. But this was a flat out, Show up, hoop, and you could try to turn some from not basically turn nothing into in a, in a, another opportunity. So it was dope to see that, and like you said, there was a lot of kids in there that were about it. Yeah, hell yeah, and some kids were just going through the motion, and you could tell who's who. I'm sure the coaches could tell who's who, and I'm sure you know if we recapped with Daniel, we'd see you know who got those looks. It'd probably be the kids we noticed, and you know the kids that. Stood out to the coaches for their... Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? If you the, you stand out, if you can hoop. And then, you know what I what caught my eye more is that there were some decent hoopers in there, but it was more the guys that were being vocal, that were being leaders, were clapping through, you know, to their teammates, letting them know, like, hey, this is what we should be doing here, swing. Just communication, just more leadership, I think, stood out more than... In other words, I've seen a guy go to the basket and 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 punch it. You know what I mean? Like that that wasn't something I've never seen before. But it was good. It, I thought it was great to see young dudes show some leadership quality. 
in a in an atmosphere like that. Like they were rooting for other kids that are essentially all competing for the same amount of attention and the same amount of scholarships. So it's a dope event, man. Um, Poneman posted today. I'm gonna read this verbatim off of his uh, IG page. 220 high school seniors, 100 100 JUCO sophomores, and 30 girls, and over 80 coaches from 60 different colleges and universities that were offering scholarships. That's what showed up at the 2018 um, showcase this year. So, dude, that's nothing to sneeze at. No, and I think like regardless of the situation that you're in. Poneman and Evan Turner are giving you an opportunity to go play some ball. And he yeah. gave us the opportunity to go up there, check it out, and uh, took some pictures. I'm going to get those up ASAP. Um, yeah, man, it was dope. And on top of that, like, it's not just like a charity case because they're, they're also here for the players because you got to realize at any given time, there's five to six Juco dudes in the NBA that you don't know started off their careers playing Juco ball, you know, like – it, it comes down to, like, grades, um, situations. And so they're trying to find those gems that are, you know, college-level talent that are sitting playing at a city school that, you know, should be at their university. So I feel like both sides could win. And I think they were keeping it 100, too. Evan Turner's uh, business partner was there. I don't remember his name. But he yeah. was like, yo, listen. He's like, these guys aren't looking for right. the big-time <laughs> scores and all that because those guys have signed already. Like, they're not looking. Exactly, yeah. Like, don't come out here and try to fill it up and do all this crazy shit because don't, in other words, don't play out of your body. Show the show the defense. I mean, show the coaches that you play defense, you hustle, you're a team guy, that type of thing. And I thought that was refreshing. Like, let's keep it 100. Like, he, And he told them straight up, he's like, we, we, we don't got Duke, UNC here. You know, like, we don't have any big programs. Um. They got the players they need. You know what I mean? You guys are here fighting for a spot. Um, you know, they focused on education, too. You'll get, you know, go get your school paid for. Yeah. Uh, Evan's mom was there. She was speaking pretty pretty openly and honestly, too, about the whole situation. Yeah, it was absolutely. It was refreshing, bro. And um, a couple of the guys from Shot in the Dark were there. Yeah. The Taekwon co- Greer yeah, was Taekwon uh, one Ge- of the coaches, which Taekwon was pretty cool. Greer was up there. The coach was up there handing out refreshments. I mean, this is hoop dreams through and through. You know what I mean? So it was dope to see. Shout out Daniel Poneman once again. Evan Turner Showcase. If you're not up, get familiar. Go check out Poneman's page. Go check out the Evan Turner Showcase page. Hop on the Google. It's all there. Check it out. And that event's going to blow up. Like I know it's it's only been two years with Evan on it. It's been going on for a while, but it's going to gain traction. I think it's going to be a crazy event in coming years because – Chicago is the hub of talent, high school talent primarily. Um, so you're going to have guys, like there's so many people fighting to play college ball that this event could get huge like pretty soon, I think. And, and you know, those kids who traveled from different states, so you got to give them props too, coming here for nothing guaranteed, you know, just playing in front of a coach who may or may not sign them and have to move, you know, mile, thousands of miles away to play ball. And You got to respect that. <laughs> All right, the NBA season is wrapping up tomorrow. I think everyone will have played 82 by tomorrow. I think tomorrow's the last day. But Playoffs start Saturday, so yeah, it's one of these days. Yeah, either way, if it's the playoffs are next week. So that means the Bulls season's over. 
Thank fucking God. <laughs> I'm glad that shit is done. Yeah, this shit wasn't as painful as I thought it'd be before the season, man. Because I haven't sat through many through too many tanks like this, you know, as an adult. So it's kind of fun, man. I, I never realized how much fun you have tracking these players you might be able to draft. Right. I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you about to say? What was fun about yeah, this no, shit? But that fun, is man. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like the possibility of like you're watching guys on coll- in college, like this right, dude could dude. be wearing and you're the watching, bulls. Like hella YouTube film on these, <laughs> yeah, you know, foreign guys trying to see who you could get. Um, you know, playing different scenarios in your head on on what you're gonna do. Oh, what if I trade up? You know, every player is like a possibility for you in your head at that point. Speaking of that, did you catch that uh, Luka Doncic uh, ESPN article? I did not. I think it came out a couple of days ago. I think her name is Lena Grimes. She does. She does. Um, not PTI, but what's the sh- what's the joint with Max, where you get like plus minus points? You get muted and shit around the horn. Around the horn. She's yeah. on around the horn quite a bit. Um, but yeah, she actually went out to Spain and like sounded like she hung out with Donkic for like a week, and it was super interesting to hear what she had to say. And you know what I'm saying, just. Is this dude gonna be the hooper that everyone says he is? What and was it, she saying? I mean, she was just she was just giving us like a a little more of a, a like an inside peek of his day to day and how he gets down and what he does in his off time. He plays a lot of video games and it just gave you like a a little a little mentality. You know what I'm saying? A little look into his mentality and how he's doing it over there because he's super young. Yeah, and he's he's the man, dude. Like that's it. Like, yeah, I think Dragic played with them in some international hoops uh yeah they played know. this summer they won yeah, the, they won the ship exactly. this summer yeah and he he said he has potential to be you know the best player in the world you know yeah. not the best euro player like the best player in the world everyone that's everyone that says like you know that evaluates him says he could do it all he could do this and spain's supposed to be that top top tier if it's not the nba that's your second tier is the spanish league and he's on real madrid over there so he's scaring some of my friends who think he's going to be Miritich just because, you know, that same. Yeah, track. he kind of. Geez. I think that even like with this, even with all this NFL draft stuff, because that's coming up. I hear all that stuff. Everyone wants to come lump everybody together like euros and mobile quarterbacks versus non-mobile quarterbacks. It's like, man, these are all different cats. Right. And the men- the mental part doesn't get enough of a weight as it should. Like, these are all different individual people. Like, they might have similar games, but they're different. So, like, I try not to pay any attention to that shit. Um, but, yeah, some of those Euro guys get lumped together, and it's like, oh, this is the next Nico or this is the next whoever. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't think you should make those kind of judgments. Um, and, and they're making it based on, like, you know, he's the man out in Europe. He's young. He can shoot threes. But this guy's strong, man. He's strong. He's big. Um yeah, he's not like, that quick. I think nah, he's some not of the, quick, and that's the thing. His lateral quickness. That's his what lateral talking quickness about. is trash. Right. Yeah, he's not. So, he's gonna have a hard time defending some of these guys for sure. For sure. And that's. I think that's the knock. You and you, and what I mean, and when I when I say knock, it's a knock because someone always has to come back with some type of a knock. They can't. You can't be five stars across the board. They got to pull something out, and that's probably what he does the least so yeah he's not quick but i think it's just one of those things i don't want to get i could talk about this for a minute just because it it's he's an interesting cat but 
is you got to know how to play basketball. You can't just be f- speedy out there and not know how to hoop. Like Paul Pierce knew how to hoop. He was never blow by. You know, he was right, never exactly. blow buying guys or anything like that. So, and he we'll could see. hoop. He has a really good touch. Right. Yeah. So. He's he's a hooper. Like that's when I when I watch film on him, I think this dude's a hooper. He yeah. can hoop. And I fuck with his demeanor too. I don't like yeah. when he's out on the court. You can see that he's, you know, taking this shit seriously. He he kind of wants to, you know, embarrass his he's, opponents. He's sometimes. fired up. Yeah. No doubt. This is a perfect segue in. We're talking Euro ball. Lori Markinen, Fred Hoiberg was on Cap and Company this morning, had an interview. They basically were asking him about the season, what he thought of it, how it compared to last year. They were doing the comparison with D. Wade, Butler, Rondo, the older guys versus coming in this season, rookie. Levine's not around. You don't know what he's going to be. You got Dunn coming over who kind of struggled coming before he got over to the Bulls. So we talked about going back and forth with that. It's completely different mindsets. They were going to they were they were they 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 were fake trying to win games last year. Not fake trying to win, but they tried to dupe everyone that are not basketball fans like ourselves that that team could make some legitimate noise in the East, which was never going to happen. Um but talked about marketing how he felt about his first season Dropped the note, the last rookie for the Bulls to have 1,000 points and 500 rebounds since Elton Brand. I thought that was interesting. Shout out Elton Brand. I fucked with Elton Brand. Shout out Elton Brand, man. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out Elton Brand. I fucked with Elton Heavy, man. I thought he was going to be a beast for a long time. He had some touch, man. He was 2010 for a while. He just could never develop. (laughs) And that's when I was big into the Duke. The Duke scene, too. So, like, when we got him, I was like, ah, we lit. Like, so... Shout out Elton Brand. But, dude, talk to me about how you feel about Laurie. I'm not going to flex. Coming into the year, I was skeptical. I wasn't a Laurie believer. Um, yeah, hell no. Everyone and he like, changed you know, my mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think, you know, maybe if we took Dennis Smith, Malik Monk, I don't think we'd be, you know, in a horrible position. But, you know, I think as far as promising right now and, and high ceiling, you know, Laurie's – surpassed them for sure you know Dennis had his glimpses but I'm down for Laurie man I, I ride for that guy I'm I'm all in on him like he could do no wrong right now and this goes unnoticed or understated is not mentioned very much he's only been in the states like full-time a year and a half yeah like that's he hasn't even he's not even settled yet like when I moved to New York I didn't get settled and I'm and I'm not playing professional basketball with a new language barrier and anything like that. But, like, I didn't even get settled till I was there for a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's huge. He finally got his first year under his belt. He met all his teammates, or some of them. Some of them aren't going to be there, but knows the fan base, knows the organization, knows Chicago a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I think that's big, especially going into his second year. But, um... What did you like about his game this year? What do you like? What I knew he was a shooter, but man, that motherfucker is a shooter, bro. Yeah, no, he shoots the ball like with perfect form. And there's guys who who make a lot of shots, but when you're shooting it like with the mechanics he has, you know that there is like crazy longevity there. He puts it on the ground, man. He puts it on the ground better than Porzingis did at his age, you know, and and almost as 
you know, you you could you could argue who puts it better on the ground right now between him and Porzingis because he has some moves. You know, he's an agile dude. You've seen him throw down some dunks in pregame that seven footers shouldn't be doing, especially these seven foot Euro guys who historically haven't been able to do that. And Hoiberg talked about wanting to get him the ball later in games. I mean, there was times during the season where he wouldn't disappear, but he's not a ball handler. He needs to get – we need to run stuff through him, get him the rock. And Lori – I mean, uh, and Fred talked about wanting to get Lori the ball more down the stretch. I think that shows how confident he is in him already. Um, shows that, hey, like, this dude can play. He actually made a comment in the interview. He was like – Lori was over in Europe playing uh, the summer championship. I don't even know what it's called. It was like the Euro Championships or whatever with Finland. They went. They made a deep run. After the fact, he gets back to Chicago. He hangs out for five days because he's just beat, exhausted, just trying to rest up. Gets to the gym, starts balling. He's dunking on people, Fred said, doing his thing. And then Fred was like, shit, we got somebody on our hands that can play. And I think it's interesting that he said that because you really don't know until you see the guy with your own eyes in your own gym. He's listening to your direction. So I think it's kind of funny when all this draft stuff comes and, like, I know what I'm getting. This is why I'm going with this person. He's a can't-miss guy. You don't know any of that shit. Like, you could go off the film, you can hope, and you could talk to him and hope he's going to be the guy you want him to be, but you don't really know until he gets in your gym and starts hooping. Right, yeah. And, and it surprised me, too, with, like, all the, you know, the mics and videos. You pick up a lot of stuff that you didn't before, but his body language, and, and in person, too, I've seen him during games, like, he's super chill. You know what I mean? He's having fun, he's laughing, he's cracking jokes. Like, this shit is nothing to him. He's just playing ball, you know? Absolutely. So that that's a good sign, too. I mean, I'm sure he'll, he'll lock down and get serious when he has to. But for now, this is nothing to him. Like, he's a young kid hooping. Yeah, if you go to the No Catch Up Chicago Instagram page, I posted the – there's, like, a video. There was, like – he was mic'd up at All-Star. And wh- exactly what you just said. He was in the up-and-coming game. What's it called? Yeah, now? the Rising Stars. The Rising Stars right. game. And – He's fucking around with Kuzma. Yeah. And he's just I, having I I a good time. That. Yeah. He's raising the roof and shit, laughing with people. So yeah. He's a he's a loose kid that just likes to play ball and he's got a cannon. Like at the end of the day. Um the interest uh the the interview was pretty interesting. I thought they asked Fred some pretty tough questions. One of them was I got some I got a little take on this too. They said they asked Hoiberg about Paxson's comments. Paxson said that Hoiberg, he wants Hoiberg to be more of a leader. And I thought that was, I didn't think that was wrong. Like, I think Fred can be a better leader at times. He seems a little passive. For sure. You know, and he, his players generally seem to like him, but I don't know. He's not, I wouldn't call him a player's coach either. So it's kind of like a weird. Yeah, he's not like a super authoritarian guy, right. and he's not like a player's guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not the guy that they're like, "Yo, I'll run through a wall for him." But he's not like the. Yeah, I I, I understand what you mean a hundred percent. So, I still don't like, especially when everyone in the world knows you're tanking. 
I don't like for you to come out and say that to the public about your coach that you've strapped him with nothing to work with and everyone knows what's going on. Like, I, that's not really something I appreciate. That would, like, imagine if that was flipped and Hoiberg would, would be like, man, I would love for us to get some more players out here so I could try to get some more Ws. Yeah. Like, can you imagine how that would look? That's just not something you say. And and he said it because he knew that shit would slide. Like, he, he wouldn't say that with Tibbs, you know? I know they had beef, but he knew, right. he knew not to say that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's the shit you have the conversation at behind closed doors. Like, just like the players should have, you know, when Wade and the, and Jimmy and right, but and and that's like a re- but that's so funny you say that because that's like a reflection on the coach, like not really being the leader you're supposed exactly. to be, exactly. You got not having shit under control, down. right? So it's a way different dynamic now. But I thought that was interesting. Like, yo, everybody knows you've strapped this dude with no players, and you want him to be a better leader. But it's like, tell him that shit on the side, like. When you guys are talking about the big picture vision of the Bulls and the up and coming seasons and who we want to draft, talk to him about it then. Like, there's no reason to put that shit in the media, no doubt. Another thing that they brought up was I thought was interesting. Fred was talking about Lopez being big for Dunn. I could see it, man. Because. Go ahead, yeah. He's just he's super vocal, man. You see him on the court, he's screaming, he's in these guys' ears. He he's a vet at this point, so you know, he's got another hard worker, completely different player, completely different position, but he could see that hard work and done and trying to talk some sense into him. Yeah, he said that he he Lopez helped Dunn because he knew when to go out and give him screens, knew when to tell him when to go, when to look, when to kick. Stuff like that, like you said, very vocal. I thought that was interesting. I think Lopez is loved by those guys. Yeah, for sure. He's super fiery. And I, I like having Lopez. You know, yeah. we talked about it before. He's trash, but you got 15 roster spots. See, I don't know if he's <laughs> trash. I don't think he's trash. Hey. I think, and I'm hard on a lot of players around the league. Like, I'll see a dude, I'll be like, this guy has no business in the league. He's trash. Frank Kaminsky is trash. He has no business in the league. I don't know if he has no business Frank, in the league. Frank Kaminsky is garbage. <laughs> I'm not a fan Campaign of his game. is garbage. Campaign is garbage. Does not belong in the NBA. But Robin Lopez puts in a shift every single he does. night. That's what I'll give him. That's why I don't mind having him. Hustles, does his thing. There's other guys that don't do that and don't have any skill. That's true. But you have to up your production, dog. If you're going to be on the court, you know, for 30 minutes a game, 28 to 32 minutes a game, you. You have to be doing more. and But like I said, I don't mind because you could run eight, nine guys in this league. So you have, you know, six, seven roster spots you can use for these locker room guys, you know, like Lopez. Frank Kaminsky's trash. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. He's got a burner, though. Yeah, Frank Kaminsky's whack. <laughs> um, let's close up this interview. He had a couple more interesting points that I want to get your take on. Oh, I want your take on the whole tanking thing. Cap... On Capping Company, ESPN 1000, is super – he feels so strong about the tanking piece that Hoiberg has nothing to do with the tank because he needs to go in, be able to go into the locker room and look these players in the face and blah, 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 blah. My argument is do you have to look at some of these guys in the face that aren't going to be there? Like, who cares? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's such a, a weird. It's uh, a sensitive topic. Yeah. I get it because you're the coach and they're the front office and there's supposed to be like a degree of separation between the two. Um, you should have the players back, I guess. But. I mean, in a perfect system. The bigger picture is more important here, bro. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, in a perfect system, a, a front office is going to put a coach in place who could, you know, act autonomously almost where they don't have to have that interference with the front office because you trust your guy. You know, and you see that in some of the elite franchises, but it's not here in Chicago yet, you know. And, and it might never be if Hoiberg's not the guy, but if he is, they definitely need to improve that relationship. Or Pax has to go, which I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing. He's been here for like 15 years now. Yeah, he could definitely skate. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point. The last thing I want to touch on from the Hoiberg interview was he was talking about our core three that we, me and you have talked about before as well. Lori Markinen, Zach Levine, Chris Dunn. He was talking about the main thing for next year is those guys learning how to play together all at the same time. Kind of when Levine was coming back, Chris Dunn went out when he when he went up for that dunk and busted his mouth against the Warriors. That was like at the same time Levine was coming back. So they, they haven't got a ton of court time together, all three of them at the same time. He made note of Zach Levine's best game being a 35-point game. I can't remember who they played, but he scored 35. And their main offensive structure that game was a two-man game between him and Laurie. Chris Dunn kind of falls to the wayside. Now, this summer, we pay Zach Levine. Say we pay Zach Levine. Check out the last episode. We chopped it up about the Zach Levine potential contract coming up this summer. Restricted free agent. But he gets paid. Laurie's in his second year. Where does that? What happens to Chris Dunn in that? in that rotation because Zach is going to be even more ball dominant than he already is on a fresh, on a fresh deal on being back healthy, not being on a minutes restriction. I think, I think that's perfect for Dunn though. Cause he's not ball dominant. You know, he, he's, but that's where he shined this year though. You feel me? Yeah. But, but I think his, cause if he doesn't have the ball, what is he going to do? He's not shining on a great team. So if we want to be a great team, you know, he needs to be that guy who's getting 16 points a game with, you know, eight assists locking down defensively, you know, maybe getting, you know, making a second team all defense type thing is his ceiling, um, you know, which would be great, especially if you got a ball dominant guy like Levine, if you keep Laurie here. So I, I think he's better when he's when he's not ball dominant on this level. So you would do what? OK, how do you feel about? Levine bringing the rock up, like playing a true one. I don't think Levine shines like that, and and obviously we wouldn't we wouldn't have much of a use for Dunn. He does though that like he, I don't know if he bringing the ball up, but I mean it's one of those things where someone brings the ball up to give it to him at half. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's holding, he's the most effective, and was like that when he scored what twenty a game in Minnesota. It was when he had the rock. Like he he's not a he, yeah he definitely needs it he's not a catch and shoot guy right. I, I feel you but yeah I just don't know if he's a good enough facilitator actually he's not a good enough facilitator yet but right um, and Dunn is so you got Dunn Dunn facilitating locking up and you got Levine not playing D and, and getting buckets so I think it could work out 
It could. I, it, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see. Because then, we and we haven't even talked about Laurie. He's got to get his touches. There's no doubt about that, right? Yeah. But I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's going to be interesting to see how those three play together with Zach demanding the ball as much as he is. And he's going to be – dude, I want to keep saying that. He's going to be on a new deal. He's going to walk – he's going to be the man next year, bro, period. He's going to be on a fresh deal. He's going to be healthy. I was the biggest piece in that Jimmy Butler trade. Like, I'm here. Let's, let's go. We're, it's time for us to go. So it's going to be interesting to see those guys play. I, I agree with you, man. If we could get him to score, I think 16's on the high end. If we could get Dunn to score 12, 13 a game. Oh, yeah. I'm talking, I'm talking yeah, best case scenario. Right, yeah. Seven assists and lock up. That's the best case scenario, no doubt. Definitely. As T and I mentioned, NBA playoffs start next week. Final day of the regular seasons tomorrow. Some big games tomorrow to kind of solidify the final seedings in the East and the West. If Philly wins tomorrow against the in Atlanta, which they should, they lock up the number three seed. Boston versus Washington's tomorrow. Those six through eight seeds in the East are still up for grabs between Miami, Washington, Milwaukee. Right, and so, in the West, we're going to have a lot of movements still, you know, based on how these play out. Yeah, it's funny because the East, everyone's clinched a spot, but the 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 six through eight are can, it can, you can right. either you could jump from you could be a six or an eight just by the last game going yeah. down tomorrow. So that's still interesting. I think one thing that's not being talked about before we get into these the the matchups and what we want to see out of the playoffs is this Russell Westbrook has a shot to go back-to-back seasons averaging a triple-double. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it hasn't even been mentioned, really. Right. And it's kind of like, yeah, his teammates are letting him get these rebounds, but that's two games, bro. Yeah. Like, he was, he was this close, and you gave him, like, say, an extra 10 rebounds in two games. He needed 34 rebounds in two games. He yeah, he eight, got 18, he 18 last night. He needs 16 now, but... yeah. Who cares? Like, obviously, they're helping him get it, but it's one game, you know. Yeah, I think that's my guy through and through. Yeah, you. I mean, he's an animal. He's an animal, bro. He's fearless. He has no fear, like, at all on the basketball court. Yeah. And there's guys who, who play that role, but he's legit. He does not care about anything. He does. Hey, to, a, to, a, to a fault sometimes. Nah, bro, that's a good way to, that's a good way to describe Westbrook why not like that's his motto and that's right. definitely how he rocks so we can talk floor. about that matchup like we don't know who they're playing yet but we know they're probably gonna end up playing you know say they end up playing you know the Warriors the Rockets it's I think it's gonna be hard for them to stay in seven based on some of the math I saw but they're not even gonna put on a show and that's disappointing because or they're gonna put on a show but I can't see them winning more than one game against any of those three teams in the in the west so it's kind of like it's it's almost disappointing because you, you you and I'm a big mellow guy, but you know you rock with these guys, but they they're not even going to compete. Yeah, I mean they, I think if they played Portland, I don't even know if that's a possibility now, just depending on the the how how it breaks out with tiebreakers and all that shit. But like, yeah, they can't hang with Houston or Golden State. Yeah, and, and they si- still find a way to lose to Portland in five somehow. They they're just malfunction. Like they play up to the comp sometimes, but. Yeah, I mean, Paul George is still having this talk between 
I don't like how my jump shot looks and like all that shit. And it's, I mean, we're in, we're in game eighty, eighty one. He's yeah. talking this, and so. he's having an okay season though. Like yeah. he's, he's quietly having a good season. I from mean, three Paul George and, is a ball player. Yeah, hell yeah, no he'll, he'll play both sides. And we could go into the mellow talk, but my my boys call him a dumpster fire now. That that's pretty much what he is. He's is that bad? <laughs> he's man, I, and I'm a mellow guy. Like uh, I'm a too. huge mellow fan, but. I I don't def- I can't defend this anymore. He he's awful. Simple as that, bro. I mean, it was it was just fun to the idea of them together being crazy dope. But now that when you if you really look back on it, that shit was never gonna work. Yeah, and Mello and Paul George like them winning fifty five games was never gonna happen. Like people were talking about fifty five, fifty seven games. Like I don't know about fifty seven, but it was like I I was I remember hearing fifty to fifty five games, no doubt. And now nah, that's just. What's your favorite? Uh, well, let's talk about this playing game first. Who do yeah. you got tomorrow, Denver or Minnesota? I got Minnesota, just because I'm I'm pretty sure Minnesota's at home tomorrow, and uh, I'm pretty sure the game's in Minnesota. Let me double check that. They are, let's see, April 10th, April 11th. That Because that's huge for a playing game, you know, home yeah. court, one game. You don't get that in the NBA. You don't get too many one-game-only situations. Yeah, it's in Minnesota. Um, Thibodeau, Jimmy's back now. He was hurt for a little bit of a stretch. He's back. He's playing well. I'm going to go with Minnesota at home. I think it's going to be a great game. I love watching Jokic play. Yeah. I would love to have him on the Bulls. I think he's a, a real problem in this league for a long time. Um, yeah, I doubted yeah, him I just wanted first, to, man. I just wanted to. No, definitely. <laughs> so I just my wanted, friends still give me shit for that because I said he might not be in the league for a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This, man, it, crazy stat. I'm pretty sure it's true. I trust the source, but Jokic has more triple doubles than dunks this season. Oh, I could see that. I could. I don't even know if I've ever seen him dunk. Nah, you see, he's a big dude though, so that that's yeah, a tough that, stat. That's, that's not his true, game that's a tough though. Stat. That's not his game. That, no, that's though. not. He's definitely super and, skilled. And, super what, and what? How many triple doubles is he? Yeah, probably like ten or twelve. I don't know exactly how many, but it's got to be something around there. You know what I mean? So I could see that. He's a touch guy, big dude. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He's not. He's not. A, he's not a go to the rack type guy. <laughs> Hold on, let me look up how many Jokic triple double. But yeah, he he's awesome. He's fun to watch. That tenth, ten triple double. Yeah, I said ten to twelve. So, I mean, that team is fun to watch. He's fun to watch. That atmosphere is going to be cool because what? When's the last time Minnesota been in the playoffs? Like ninety three or so, right? Or like ninety six? It was KG and those guys. Minnesota. Yeah. No, they they were in the you know early two thousands. They, it was they like oh two. Yeah. That's not not ninety two. Right. I meant O two. That's oh, what yeah, I meant. Yeah, yeah. O two, O three. Back when KG and those yeah. guys were there. Um. So yeah, th- it's gonna be a cool. It's gonna be a cool atmosphere. Um, I'm excited to see that. And there's some Chicago guys over there, so I'm gonna root for those guys. But I like Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's nice. Will Barton's nice. I like Gary Fuck, Harris. I, I doubted Jamal Murray too, and my other friends give me shit for that. But all yeah. these guys are all these guys are panning out. Um, but I will tell you one thing. Uh, I got Denver, 
And and, and I want Minnesota really? to win, but I think Denver's going to win just because they got guys who just go on these like crazy hot streaks with Jokic and he he just keeps them going and and I've watched some of these games and, and Will Barton who's who's a good basketball player, he's not a star, but I could just see him going off in a game like this. Um Denver's 15 and 25 away from home. Damn, I take that back then. Give me Minnesota. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah, Den- but they're not a great team, so it's like that's not too far off probably from what um Denver's know, a lot of Right. 15 and 25 away from home, but they've won 8 of their last 10. That's best in the West by a few games, like 3 or 4 games. And outside of Philly winning every game, they're winning 14 in a row. That's the best in the league. So it's, you know what I'm saying? They're playing good ball. Yeah. A playing game. And one, one dude could go, dude, Jokers could go crazy and they win. Easy. I'm telling you, though, I see Barton going off. I, I think he's going to go off. He's kind of been pushing them through this, you know, end of the year. And we'll see something nice from him. He's a hooper. Yeah. Um, Jamal Murray might show up. Gary Harris. Yeah, man. You know, it, it's all going to come down to who shows up. It's not a seven-game series. So if Tibbs could outcoach him, maybe, you know. His guys are going to compete. I think Towns would have to have a down game for them to have a shot, in my opinion. Yeah. So, but it'll be an interesting game. It's going to be fun. It's yeah. going to be it's playoff basketball, man. Cat Jokic is going to be the best thing, you know, like seeing those yeah. two go at it. That's going to be cool. And Minnesota wants to get back in the playoffs so badly. Right. So, I mean, it would be a tough L for them to take one at the crib to get into the playoffs against yeah, Denver. Yeah, exactly. So, you, yeah, I guess all the stars are aligning for that to happen. Yeah, all the stars. That's why I got Denver. I think it's going to be a good game, but I think it's going to be uh, Minnesota and the boys going through. Yeah, my favorite low-key matchup, and I, I'm pretty sure this one's a lock, is San Antonio-Utah. That that's that's going to be a fun series. Yeah, that's a low-key series, but I think Donovan Mitchell, like – He's had his coming out party, but I think he could have like a fuck you moment in the in the playoffs right now because Ben Simmons ran away with that uh, rookie of the year. Like it's gonna happen. Donovan Mitchell had a shot maybe six weeks ago, but this triple double stretch and and the win streak, it's Ben Simmons rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, but Donovan is like, this is his chance to say, you know, I'm the best rookie. This is watch me kill this dynasty, and they're not a dynasty anymore, but. Right, I think he's gonna slay the Spurs, man. I I got the Jazz, and and I don't think they need seven. Interesting, yeah, that's exciting, dude. I'm excited to watch it. You brought this up before we hopped on. Speaking of Donovan Mitchell, he gets caught. Was that today or yesterday? I think that was today. I think yeah, that was today the on the way into the the game. He's rocking a hoodie. He's an Adidas guy. Says uh, comes out of speaking of Louisville and Adidas. The FBI came knocking on some few people's <laughs> doors today, too, about that. Um, but, yeah, you know how it goes. Usually, uh, if you go to an Adidas program, you come out when you're a pro. You just happen to be an Adidas a, a, an Adidas guy in the pro level. Shout out Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. So, he's an Adidas guy from Louisville. He shows up to the stadium today rocking an Adidas uh, hoodie that reads – says uh rookie noun an athlete playing his or her first season as a member of a <laughs> professional sports team i like that man it's a friendly that, jab no that's dude that's great like because it's true too yeah it's like i know you didn't play but i mean you got that's an extra true. year right in the nfl i mean in the nba lifestyle you traveled you've been hooping a whole extra year than me yeah training with the team a whole nother year than i got to train with the squad so i mean 
I'd, You're a rookie I'd, nowhere but the NBA rule book, basically. Yep, and I, I think that – How close is it for you? Between them two? Yeah, for rookie of the year. Uh, six year, six weeks ago it was neck and neck. Then then Mitchell started slipping away. Now I think it's like it's a lock. Like I think it's 100%. No, but, but like for you personally – you think that that's what you think? Like you think it should be a runaway? It should be Ben Simmons' award? I think it should be a runaway based on how he finished the season. Um, I I wouldn't say it's a runaway based on he's that much better of a player. He he is a dog and he's a triple double machine, makes everybody better. But Mitchell's got a crazy ceiling and and he's got a crazy season under his belt already. Yeah, dude, I was reading a lot of crazy stats on the first. The, the, I don't even I, I don't know the I don't know the number, but it was years ago the last time. A rookie led the led their team in scoring on a forty five plus win team. Yeah, that was what the line was. I don't remember what year it was, but it, it's just it's not done very often. You know right. what I mean? And so, that's why I'm excited to see him, man. A lot of these first round series are going to be runaways. You know, that's going to be a good one. A lot of the playoffs, you know, might be um, early on. We got some injuries, but we kind of could see how things might go. You know, everyone's excited to see Utah, Philly. What do you think is going to happen with Portland? How do you think you know Dame and CJ are going to play? I think they'll be all right to start. I mean, we'll see, man. You think they could win a second-round series? A second-round series? Yeah, you know, assuming they yeah, get through OKC or yeah, I Pelicans. Don't know. I don't know. I think they beat, they beat the Pellies. They beat yeah. OKC. I don't know, though. That's interesting. They've never, they've never been over there like that. Right. They never had that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? I think Dame is another animal mentally on the mental side. He's fearless as well. Yeah. So and obviously for them to win the second round series, it'd have to be some crazy circumstances where you know uh, Steph Steph's out and they upset the Warriors. So that's that would be like you know out of this world. But I think the thing about the NBA is that even though we know situations where this team is not good enough to beat that team in a seven game, yeah, you get to enjoy those individual matchups, right? So that's the stuff I'm looking forward to. Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell. You get to see these individual performances. I'm interested to see how James Harden shows up. I think that's going to be something to see because, I mean, he's got Chris Paul rocking with him now, so that helps. But he's got some making up to do coming off of last year. Um, Are the Raptors real? We're going to see. Like, we'll see. Right, and – you know the Raptors is a big question mark. KD no KD no Steph is a big question mark. I mean, assuming Steph comes back second round, they'll be all right. But without Steph, you know that they team could very lose. Good. That team could lose. I mean, I think uh, you know Durant's crazy. He he's gonna ball out. But that team could lose just because of lapses. You know, like Clay not showing up, Dre not showing up. You know, KD's gonna show up. But they'll they'll win their first round series regardless. But I wouldn't say it's out of this world to say that they could lose, you know, to teams even other than Houston without. Yeah, Steph. I mean they're five and five of their last ten. Right. He hasn't played. Yeah. You know what I mean? But with him playing, I can't see them even needing six games. This How year. about LeBron paying eighty-two? That's pretty dope, man. That's it's, incredible. Yeah, Fifteen seasons in eighty-two, playing, you know, he, he, really and, good ball. And the way he was talking last night was like, if I'm healthy, I'm playing. Like, almost like, why are you even asking me this question? I'm healthy. Like, why wouldn't I be playing? Like, why are you asking me this dumbass shit? Like, I'm here to play ball. Like, let's, we're going to play 82. And I'm going to play all the playoff games. And I, for, because I think 
as you know with LeBron, he does whatever the team needs most. And I think deep down he knows he's going to have to go for almost a triple-double a night for them to compete. Yeah, and Without, he's gonna he's gonna get the triple double. He's gonna lose games where he has a triple double, but oh, I'll, that's just you yeah, know. for sure. But I think he knows what he has to do with this team, and that's gonna that's all facets. Or he's gonna have to be thirty five nine and nine every night, type, right? Type numbers. So, so ultimately, who do you have coming out of the East and West? I'm sticking with the Warriors and and, and Raptors in the East. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with. I'm sticking with the Warriors and the Raptors as well. I'm not. I think the Raptors are going to beat the Cavaliers. This is it. Yeah, I mean, I know we say every year, but but this is the year, man. LeBron doesn't have. The, he the, just the doesn't team's have not, any the help. Team's not there. The team's not there, bro. He doesn't have the help, and I think that whole mental, the rap like the Raptors are owned by LeBron James mentally, basically. Right. They can't beat LeBron. This this is gonna be Demar's coming out party too. Sorry. I forgot Seven to, I, games. They have home home court advantage. They better do their thing and they better take care of business. I think they will. 